Well, today is All Saints Sunday. Recently, uh, Mother Teresa was officially recognized as a saint by the Catholic Church. In the Roman Catholic tradition, there are various steps that people have to go through before they can be recognized as a saint. There have to be particular miracles attributed to praying to them. Uh, There has to be uh, canonization and beatification. And uh, beatification comes from the word uh, in Latin, beati, which means blessed. Now, as Lutheran Christians, we respect saints as examples of faith, but we don't pray to them or ask them to pray for us as though they had better access to God than we, than we do. In the Bible, the word saint simply means blessed one. We call Jesus' words about who is blessed that we read today the Beatitudes, the words about who is blessed. So, what does it mean to be blessed? Usually we think, of peop- we think that people are blessed when they are content, when they are at peace, or when they're favored by God. We say, I feel so blessed when things are going our way. Our investments are growing, our test results came back good, the surgery went well, there's a new baby in the family. We feel blessed when life is good. Well, across the ages, people have understood being blessed in lots of different ways. First of all, they've thought that the ones who are truly blessed, well, those are the gods. You know, the ones who are beyond all cares of the world. They are happy and content. Uh, they, they don't have to work. You know, they're beyond even death. So to be blessed, you had to be a god living in some other world. They also would talk about people being blessed when they were dead, when people had finally reached the other world of the gods and were therefore beyond the cares of this world. And so a saint or a blessed one was someone who had died for their faith or lived an exemplary life. So to be blessed, you had to be, you know, as a human, you had to be good and dead. The third category of people that were seen as blessed were the rich and the powerful, you know, the upper crust of society, the ones whose wealth and power put them above the normal cares and worries of ordinary people who constantly have to work hard and struggle and worry because the rich and powerful have no worries whatsoever. <laughs> so to be blessed, you had to be rich and powerful. And then the fourth category of people who were blessed were those who had lots of things, those who had reaped the rewards of right living and personal righteousness. If you lived right, they believed you were then blessed by the gods with many children, with abundant crops, with riches and honor, wisdom, beauty, good health, and so on. A blessed person had more and better things than an ordinary person. So to be blessed, it meant you had to have 
lots of wonderful things. So the blessed ones lived on a higher plane than all the rest of us. They were the gods. They were humans who had gone to the world of the gods. They were the wealthy, the upper crust. They were the ones who had lots of possessions. They were blessed. But Jesus speaks today in those words from the Beatitudes of being blessed in a totally different way. To Jesus, it is not the elite who are blessed. It's not the rich and powerful who are blessed. It's not the high and mighty who are blessed. It's not people living in huge mansions or expensive penthouses or the White House who are blessed. Instead, Jesus announces God's blessings on the lowly. He says, the blessed are those who are poor, who are hungry, who are crying, who are hated by others. Throughout history, it's always been the other people who are considered blessed. The rich, the popular, the satisfied, the laughing. Jesus turns it all upside down. The elite in God's kingdom, the blessed ones in God's sight, are those who are at the bottom of the heap. If you're at the end of your rope, if you're in distress and anguish and don't know where to turn, you are blessed, Jesus says. If you're despondent and crying over the death of a loved one, Jesus calls you blessed. If you are flat on your back and have nothing and no one to turn to, you are blessed. Why? Because yours is the kingdom of God, Jesus says. God rules over you just as He rules over all creation. God has got you in the palm of His hand. Throughout Scripture, we see that God is on the side of people on the edges, the outcast, the poor, the hungry. They will be filled. They will be comforted. Their reward is great, Scripture says. But on the other hand, Jesus warns, if things are going really well for you, look out. If you're full now, you will be hungry. If you're laughing, you're going to cry. Do you remember the story that we heard a couple of weeks ago of Jesus' story of the rich man and a poor man named Lazarus? It's from Luke 16. Lazarus had been cast aside at the rich man's gate, sick, cold, hungry, covered with sores. He couldn't even shoo away the dogs that came to lick his sores. The rich man doesn't help the poor man at his gate, but instead pampers himself. He wears fine clothes. He feasts on rich food every day. Well, eventually he dies, and all his luxury is gone and couldn't take it with him. He'd already received his comfort. He thought he had everything he could possibly want. He didn't need God, so he ends up in torment. Lazarus 
had nothing but God. So he's taken to Abraham's side and is comforted and held close. Their situations are turned upside down. That's God's economic plan. The poor and the outcast are blessed because theirs is the kingdom of God. Jesus' mother Mary sang a song about that in the very beginning of Luke. If you have your Bibles with you, or if you don't, grab the ones in front of you. Take a look at the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1. This is when Mary, an unwed teenager who finds herself pregnant, is at her aunt's house, and her aunt rejoices over her niece's pregnancy. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. And Mary says this, My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For He's been mindful of the humble state of His servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is His name. His mercy extends to those who fear Him from generation to generation. He's performed mighty deeds with His arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. And then she said this, He has brought down rulers from, his, from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. Mary sings that God is turning the world upside down. And she sings as if it's already a done deal. That's good news for those who depend on God. And bad news for those who depend on their money and their popularity. What do you and I truly depend on? We can get so wrapped up in our comforts and our stuff that we shut out the needs of the people around us. We get out of tune with God's desires, bent against His will and His kingdom because we want our own kingdom to come and our own will to be done. We are sinners to the core, selfish people who think first about ourselves. Love our enemies? Pray for those who mistreat us? Who's going to do that? We'd rather do unto others as they have done unto us. When we've been hurt, we want revenge. We want others to get what's coming to them. But we don't want to get what's coming to us. Not if we're honest about ourselves. On my own power, I'm no saint. Just ask Sarah. I'm a sinner through and through. And so is she. And so are you. The only way out is to have the sinner in us put to death every day. That's what Christ came to do. To suffer and to die and be raised 
so that the old sinner in you might be killed off and a new saint rise in its place. The process of becoming a saint never ends this side of the grave. Martin Luther said that we are at the same time sinners and saints, sinful creatures bent against God's will, and saints, holy people that God raises from the dead like He raised Jesus. We usually think of saints as people who live these wonderful lives. They're patient and kind with people in difficult situations. They pour themselves out for others like Mother Teresa. You may have heard somebody say, Oh, my grandma, she was a saint. You should have seen what she had to put up with every day. But being a saint isn't something that you earn by being a good person or doing enough kind and wonderful things. All of our attempts to impress God are like filthy rags. St. Paul knew that very well. He looked at his own life, and as he was writing to one of the churches that he had planted, he said, I do the very thing I hate. Wretched man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? Only God can forgive sinners. Only God can raise the dead. And only God can make us blessed. He sends the Holy Spirit on those who trust in Christ to make us holy, blessed, saints in His sight. St. Patty and St. John and St. Sarah and St. Mike (laughs) He calls us to be holy people. People who are set apart to live differently. He calls us to live questionable lives that make people ask questions about why we live the way that we do. We are to be people who recognize that we have been blessed to be a blessing. Not to hoard the blessings for ourselves, but to spread them around. Each one of us need to ask ourselves, how is God blessing me? How does He want me to respond? How is God blessing our congregation? And how are we blessing others outside our four walls and the normal circles that we run in? God is just getting started with us making us His saints, His blessed ones who bless the world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank You for making us sinners into saints in Your sight. Unleash Your kingdom in our midst. Turn our unjust world upside down, beginning with us. Open the eyes of our hearts to the hope that we have in Christ and send us to share it with others. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us so we live as people who have been blessed to be a blessing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.